I asked Joe Cristiano and Jessica Aaron Cooner put together a list of some of the violent incidents that have taken place only in the past few days. We got a man who's wanted after allegedly sexually assaulting a teenage girl on a Toronto bus, a man wanted for alleged sexual assault on the subway, man in his 60s was injured in a stabbing in the East End, TTC bus operator shot with a BB gun. We had a woman, 89 years old, knocked down to the pavement and killed last Friday. Um, somebody tried to push some someone in front of a train at Bloor and Young. A lot of people on the streets of Toronto these days are expressing doubts about their security, and that's putting it lightly. So that's why we put in a call to Mayor John Tory, who agreed to appear with us this morning. John Tory, good morning. Good morning, John. I realize in many ways these are not, you know, these are random, unaffiliated events. But you and I have talked about this off the air, that there is this growing concern that our city's not safe. Well, when you say that our city's not safe, what, what we have, as you said, is a, a series of random acts. And I'm deeply concerned about them. I get notified of pretty much every one of these, not not all the ones you mentioned. But, uh, you know, if you can imagine the feeling that I have when, uh, when I hear about an 89-year-old woman uh, being knocked down. And I hear about these things before they're made public. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm horrified at these things because you have to ask yourself, you know, how could that be and how could that happen? And I will tell you, I mean, I'm willing, you know, and ready to explore anything to try and address these things, although it's very challenging because they're random. You know, even what you were describing, the, the, the geographic descriptions of them is all over the city. And so I am meeting with the police chief today. I don't think this is entirely a policing matter, but I will say, uh, you know, I think it, it it's puts into some stark relief why I am advocating for and have included in the budget uh, an increase in the police resources, because I think the presence of uh, police and the presence of some security people on the transit together with uh, homeless uh, people that can help with homelessness uh, are going to be helpful. I think just their presence is helpful. but I will have to say to you that when you describe a number of those different events, you have to also uh, make some connection with some of them uh, to mental health. You know, who goes up on a street corner, because the police have said it appears to be completely random, who goes up on a street corner and pushes anybody down, leave alone an 89-year-old woman, uh, and, and the same person is alleged to have thrown a brick through a window a few minutes later. And so, you know, these are very complex uh, problems, which, by the way, are affecting cities right across North America. And I don't think there's an easy answer to it. It's not all policing, but I think support for the police is important. That's why I brought it forward. I think it's continued investment um, in neighborhoods and so on. And I think it's uh, it's also a real focus on mental health, which I've been talking about for years, not months, years. Well, and I know, and again, you and I have discussed this uh, in New York, they seem to be taking a new strategy on mental health. Is it maybe time, and I know this sounds dramatic, but that we stopped being so... I mean, I guess we could say open-minded, but we've we've taken an approach to mental health that I think has actually left the city more vulnerable. Well, I mean, that's a sort of a balancing act of many that uh, go on in my job and also in how we just govern ourselves in the city of Toronto. And I think if you look, uh, there have been a number of occasions when people have tried to change laws and policies that have been found contrary to the Charter because the people, let's remember, people who are experiencing mental illness are ill. They're not criminals. Uh, they, they may end up in, engaging in criminal behavior, but they're ill. And, and you know, I think that um, w- what they've done in New York, which involves a lot more kind of uh, apprehension of people and taking them off to, um, you know, somewhere where they're kept in custody, in effect, uh, is something that um, I think would be legally very challenging in this country under our charter. And you have to ask yourself, is that the right answer? Uh, but having said that, um, I just think that right now, 
um, I think we're seeing some serious after effects of the pandemic and, and adults in this case being kind of cooped up. But we're also seeing it with kids. You know, some of these acts that, that you made reference to and some you didn't have on your list involving things that are going on in the schools with people taking guns. Uh, they said it was a group of teenagers that uh, shot the BB gun at that uh, bus operator who was waiting in a bus stand. That wasn't somebody that was on a bus, but they're waiting in a bus uh, shelter. So these are, you know, ask yourself, are these the activities of people who are, you know, balanced in their life? And, and did we see something in the pandemic we haven't got the full extent of as yet? So, again, I, I would, you know, just because I, I find these discussions helpful to me, what would you do, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, of of what we should be doing about this? What, what step would you take? Well, I really have reached the point where in spite of you know, wanting us to have a progressive mental health care system, I've encountered enough people who have evident mental illness on the streets of Toronto to think, um, we we got to figure something out here. We got, you know, we've maybe we have to take these people off of the streets. I stepped over three people this morning coming out of my parking lot. Well, uh, look, the homelessness is very much related to mental health, although not entirely. But I will say to you that the police right now, as you probably know, under the Mental Health Act, have the ability to take people to a mental health facility under what they call a Form 1. But they have to make a discretionary decision because it isn't just someone who might be walking down the street talking to themselves or someone who's sleeping on the street, uh, who is somebody that, that, that there's a test that they have to uh, pass. And, and again, I don't think you want. And that's one of the reasons why I hesitate just to say, yeah, sure, when you put to me mm-hmm. before Christmas, the notion of having this New York approach where you can just you know walk up and take any anybody off the street because they seem to be mentally ill. There's a threshold in place today that allow the police to do that. Um, but but it's a threshold that, that seriously has to be met in the interest of just respect for people who have mental illness and respect for human beings. So this is why, John, I mean, it's a perplexing problem. Sure. So, you know, it's why I believe that I, I look, I believe that people do change their behavior when there is a police presence. Um, and I think that helps. I think it reassures the public. And so I stand by the changes I'm making to invest uh, more in the in the police and 25 of those officers, for example, uh, I said from the beginning are specifically to be assigned to downtown uh, to just have a presence there because I was requested to do so by the business community downtown. Uh, I think we have to continue to invest and I really think we have to adopt a crisis attitude about mental health, which doesn't necessarily mean to me what you're suggesting in terms of New York, but it does mean a lot more places where people can get treatment and help because part of the reason people are lying on the sidewalk right now is because there is nowhere else for them to go. You don't, do you take people who are mentally ill to jail? Do you take them to the hospital where they can check themselves out? You know, they need treatment and they're not getting it. So they end up in a place where they either do something that is, you know, profoundly antisocial or uh, they end up on the street, as you say. And so this is part of the perplexing thing. And, you, you know, you called the mayor this morning, which is fine. I'm happy to be called and have to answer as best I can. But we all have to work at this. And you might as well have made the call in some of these cases you've mentioned to the Minister of Health. You know, to ask about about that situation. Oh, I plan to. I plan to. And I know we've got to let you go. But I just one other point I wanted to make was, and I'm sure you're mindful of this, but I think there is a growing sensation in the population of people thinking, I don't know if I want to go downtown. I think that that is a concern. I've heard this from employers, but I think that part of, hey, you know, I get it both ways. I mean, you're 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 after me about this. And yet, you know, you and others, you, you have been, you have to admit, after me about the police budget increase. And so I did, but I did not object to it. I'm bringing about a police budget increase because I honestly believe a modest increment of, say, the 25 officers downtown 
spread across the downtown, spread across 24 hours of the day. Because um, you pointed out earlier on, you're being very fair about this. A lot of the time, the police are spending their time supporting and helping people who are on the street and who are themselves in difficulty. But their presence often can help those people and also can reassure members of the public who are anxious. And so I put that forward. It's not the only answer. And I'm castigated in some quarters for that. But it'll be interesting to see the vote at City Council on that when it comes up. Thank you, sir. Okay. All the best.